Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Christian Layman Church. Welcome to our final worship service here in this place. <laughs> yeah, can you believe it's been 28 years and this is, this is the last time? Um, and so today we, we thought it would be fitting just to spend our last time as a church family in this place, um, worshiping the Lord, uh, telling stories and, and memories, memories and testimonies of how God has been good and faithful to us. Um, just as we've been going through that series, moving forward in the book of Joshua, we see um, the words of wisdom given to the people of God to remember who he is and what he has done and how he's been faithful time and time again. Um, we see them encouraged to obey as they move forward, uh, to always seek the Lord and to do what he's calling them to do, to move forward in courage and in worship and in faith because he is a big God and he is a good God and he will continue to be faithful to us even as we move into a new property and, and have a new community around us. Um, the mission is still the same. And so, um, would you stand with me? And we're just going to get started and just praise the Lord for who he is. Um, that he is our rock, he is our cornerstone, he is the king of kings who is worthy of all of our honor and all of our praise.
so much and we thank you that you are our God. We pray that today as we continue to worship you and reminisce on memories and tell testimonies and stories of your goodness that you would be lifted up and glorified above all else. 
Thank you for being faithful to us. Thank you for loving us unconditionally. May you receive the glory today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. i
fun. <laughs> I think you can see it mostly in the kids and the youth. They have just grown up so much in the last few years. Um, but welcome again to Christian Lehman Church. If you didn't hear the beginning or you just stumbled in, um, today is our final worship service at SDA before we move to our new location. And so today we are going to spend that time celebrating and worshiping and telling stories and looking at old cute photos of people um, over the last 28 years.
I, I heard that um, no one expected to be in this building for 28 years. It was supposed to be a temporary kind of thing. And yet, God still uses that time. And he has done so much in our community in all of those years. I mean, raise your hand if you um, like met your spouse in this place. All right. Yeah, there's a few of you. <laughs> raise your hand if you actually got married in this building. <laughs> There's one couple over there. <laughs> Raise your hand if you were like born here. Like this is all you've ever known. That should be all of the kids and the youth because you're under 28, I think. <laughs> right? So many memories and so many special times and, and ways that God has been so present with us and working with us. Now, what we're going to do today um, is a little bit different. This is a family-friendly service, so kids and youth, you guys remain here, and we'll have something for everyone. Um, but we're going to spend this time sharing. And um, for the last time, I, I know you would probably like to have Denny up here saying this, but we're going to say our mission statement together as a church. And we're, we're going to say the whole thing, all right? So I really would love to hear you guys. Um, let's go. Our mission statement at CLC is to make disciples who love God, love people, and who serve the world. Very good. <laughs> now today, the way that we're going to break up our sharing, we're going to have some families, some people in our church come up and share about those specific things, um, how we have learned to love God, love people, and serve the world. And so would you in, uh, give a warm Applause to the Kaneshiro family. They're going to be kicking us off with loving God. Hi, everyone. Um, as I reflect upon the many years that we've been a part of this church, and especially this space at SDA in particular, one of the places where I've personally seen our mission statement's value of loving God has been in children's ministry. Each week, our awesome teachers honor and love God by teaching his word, modeling his love and character, and caring for our children. And because of their faithful dedication, they have provided a strong spiritual foundation and transformed lives. We've been blessed that both of our kids have developed a personal relationship with God because of CM. We want to acknowledge and appreciate all our CM directors over the years, Helen Wu, Cheryl Gerlich, Cecil Wong, and Stephen Shelnut. And a huge thank you to all the teachers and volunteers who have served in CM here at SDA. You have been instrumental in all our children's spiritual journeys and teaching them the importance of loving God. And for that, we are so grateful. So if you have ever served as a teacher or volunteer in any capacity in children's ministry, um, in the classroom or toddler room over the past 28 years. Would you please stand up? Wow. 
One example of God's love was when I was six years old in the hospital, recovering from a surgery. Auntie Cheryl came to hang out with me at the children's hospital. I was really young, but I remember this so clearly because I came to realize that the person who visited me was from my church family, not school, not sports. That really stood out to me at such a young age. A few years later, I had another surgery that she once again came to comfort me in. At that point, I was blown away by how much love she had for me. And now that I look back, it hit me that she was consistently showing me God's love. So when I think about loving God um, here in this building, what comes to my mind all the time is musical worship, because it's through musical worship that we express our love to God. At least for me, that's a big way of how it touches me. And so I was thinking, okay, well, musical worship, what memory can I think of specifically over these last 28 years? And it's really hard because we've had so many great gifted musicians that have been up here blessing us with musical worship. It was really difficult. But as I thought back, there was one particular service that stands out to me, and that was December 2011, and we had a Christmas musical. Now, of course, every year we do a Christmas service here, but this one was different because it was literally a musical. It had gifted actors, beautiful songs, they were wearing wonderful costumes, and they were on the stage performing um, the, the Jesus' birth, and so we could all celebrate that together. But those gifted actors were not adults. They were actually kids. As you can see in the picture, there they are, 2011, 11 years ago. I think, Emmy, that's you wearing the, the sheep costume up there in the front. <laughs> Devin, you're wearing the brown robe up there in the middle. Anyway, it was a very memorable um, Event. It was very memorable for me because our children were, in a sense, leading us in worshiping God and expressing our love for him in a very special way. And, you know, it was amazing to pull this off because it took weeks, I think, I don't know, months of preparation, kids practicing the songs. It was all by the effort and vision of Jody Chin. I'm not sure if she's here, but she took the lead in pulling this together and leading 20-plus-odd kids to prepare uh, four or five songs to sing and presenting um, Jesus' birth to us. So it was a special moment for me, a time for us to show our love for God at a very special time of the year. Um, I have very vivid memories of the Christmas musical. Um, as Joseph, I had to sing a duet with Ali Chin, who was Mary, and I had to memorize many lines, 80% of which had to be altered to fit the vocabulary of a seven-year-old. Um, on the flip side, there were other members of the musical who didn't have any lines. Uh, they were the sheep or the animals in the stable. Uh, no matter the age level, everyone had something to contribute. Uh, it didn't matter whether it was a large or small role, because in the grand scheme of things, all roles were necessary in producing the play. Um, that is how God wants the church to be, uh, with everyone playing a part and contributing their gifts and talents for God's glory. Uh, we were able to show our love for God by participating in this ambitious musical, which is all about God first loving us.
Um, I'm Sylvia Chin, and I'm, re I'm representing my family. Yan is out of town, uh, but I do want to introduce my two kids, uh, Jared and Gemma. Most of you know them. Um, so, so good morning, and thank you for the kind of shows for sharing what the love God part of our church statement is. So I'm here to share about what love people um, that part of the mission statement meant for our family. Uh, slide, please. So when I think about love people in the context of CLC, I think of a well-established irrigation system in a garden. So we, the congregation, are different plants in this particular garden. Some of us have been around for a while, and then while others may only have been here for a short season. But we are all connected by this irrigation system that waters us regularly and keeps us living and thriving. It's nothing particularly earth-shattering, but you can count on it being there to, regular, to regularly pour sustenance on us. Think about the many CLC meal trains you may have been a part of. It could have been for the birth of a baby, it could be someone who's sick or even the passing of a loved one. You may even have been on the receiving end of this meal, like the many meals that have been served. For our family, we've definitely been part of both. So for us, it's an example of the love people part for, of CLC for us. And if we were going to talk about the main driver of the CLC irrigation system, it would be home groups. They're the hubs of the CLC irrigation system. And many of you who belong to a home group know the regular meeting is a place for us to care for and love one another. Home group is a safe place for sharing and support for both the adults and the children. So these pictures are from our time with two different home groups. We are now in a different home group. Um, I counted, there are a total of nine different kids here. Uh, the, you just saw Devin. Devin is in the first picture. Um, and then, you know, the Lim's family, the Higashi's, us, and the G-Banks. And the, um, well, Sarah is in there too. But there are a total of nine different kids here. So now four of them are in college. Three are juniors in high school and two are middle schoolers. But don't just look at the kids, I know they're cute, but look at the adults. So look at Michelle Kaneshiro, look at Sarah Cho, look at Gordon. I don't know if you guys noticed, but they have not changed. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so home group gave all of us an extended family to do life together, and that's the loving people part in God's eyes. So I have more pictures to show. Um, this one was one of the many dads and kids campouts that um, my kids and Yan attended for many years. Sometimes when you hear about like dads and kids campout, it's easy to take it for granted and just think that it's one of the many programs that CLC has throughout the year. But it is actually born out of love. A group of dads whose kids are now adults they wanted to utilize the camping experience to love on the young families. 
They made it plug and play so that dads could just bring the young kids there and just enjoy the day, very enjoy the weekend very easily while the moms can have some me time without kids. So a few years ago, our family went through a series of unfortunate events. Um, Yan ruptured an Achilles tendon and had a retinal detachment within the same month. So a crippled and blind dad couldn't really do much even at a plug and play um, camp. But we went anyway, um, and we went during the day with the kids and left them with uh, Doug Higashi and the other dads for the evening part of the camp. We didn't want our kids to be grounded because of their, ki um, their parents' injuries. So we were grateful that people met our needs and helped. And it may seem like a small thing, but it really made a world of difference for us at that time. And that's another way our family experienced the love people part of the mission statement. So the last slide is more cute pictures of uh, little kids, but they're now almost adults. So this was actually Jared and Abby at the retreat, uh, the retreat site when they were two years old. So now they're 16. So I loved these pictures because number one, they're clearly having fun. And number two, they were exploring new things. So as we close our time as SDA, let us all be bold like these little kids. So God surprised us by giving us a building just as CLC turned 100. So how do we respond to his goodness? So let's continue to shower one another with love as CLC enters the next century. So Gordon and I are here to talk about how CLC serves the world. Um, and I have a very tangible example to share with you all. So if you go to the next slide, um, I lived for three years on a small island in the Pacific called Saipan. It's a US Commonwealth territory, um, also known as the Mariana Islands. Um, so you can kind of gauge where it is. Basically, it's a dot in the middle of the ocean. Um, in 2018, October of 2018 specifically, the most powerful typhoon cyclone in 2018 um, for the whole world um, for that year had gusts of uh, up to 190 miles per hour, and it actually received a um, presidential emergency declaration, um, Typhoon U2. Um, very quickly thereafter, um, I was able to organize with some people that were native to Saipan a container ship loading. Um, and the container ship loading happened on November 17, 2018. Um, so if we go to the next slide, um, I quickly asked um, a lot of you to help serve the world with me. Um, there were actually 20 CLCers that showed up um, to help deliver supplies, both personally purchased by them um, and also um, with monetary donations, I think totaling about $20,000. Um, they met with mostly other volunteers that were Saipan natives that were in the Bay Area um, to physically load a cargo container that day. It was actually one of the first relief cargo containers that arrived in Saipan because we mobilized so quickly. Um, because we met with mostly other Saipan natives um, and uh, I was able to hear about the container unloading on the other, an uh, other end, um, we were able to be a tangible manifestation of God's hands and feet, both as evidence to the other volunteers and those that received it. So thank you for helping.
what I loved about the uh, community eye screenings uh, was how they changed the way we saw the communities of West Oakland and Richmond. Even though our church is in Oakland, it's not easy going into an unfamiliar part of town which has a history of violence. In 2005, when Pastor Andrew asked the youth to do a summer program in West Oakland at World Impact, the parents were unsure about having the kids stay overnight for a week in West Oakland. But it happened, and it got us thinking about West Oakland and serving in the under-resourced community. The genesis of the community ice screenings began in 2008 on a youth mission trip to Monterey, Mexico. Gilbert Matsuoka performed some basic ice screenings with equipment he had brought with him. And while the um, the patients were waiting, the youth mission team offered prayer. Lily Chan and the youth prayed for people, and even though the team could not pray in Spanish, the patients were clearly moved by the Holy Spirit. When another West Oakland trip happened the following year in 2009, God gave Gilbert the idea to do an ice screening like he did in Monterey, Mexico. It was small, and, uh, but the demand was great and the team couldn't handle all the patients. So in 2010, the ice screening in West Oakland became a whole church initiative. We got over 80 volunteers from CLC, local optometrists, and VSP provided the glasses. And over the years, so many people were vital to making the ice screening happen. Um, people who served on the core team, like Leslie and Monty Kong, and Nancy Matsuoka, Rick and Irene Kwan, <clears throat> Darren and Angela Higuchi, Aubrey and Mavis Chong. Andrew Wen, Jonathan Hornig, Pastor Calvin, Frank Chow, and Jason Chan, and people like Ron and uh, Karen Jang, who created the partitions and stored them for us, and Patty Yu, who did the floor plan layouts, and all the optometrists and general volunteers. Um, so many people, all of you guys, helped make it happen. And there was a change in the way that CLC interacted with the community. Before, when we had a barbecue for the neighborhood, we would be behind the food table, cooking food, serving food, cleaning up. But now we were moving from behind the table out um, to sit with people, to eat with them, to talk with them, and get to know them. We weren't as intimidated because we had met them at the eye screening. The eye screening taught us how not just to serve people, but to relate to people as people. <clears throat> The eye screenings introduce people to Jesus by caring for their health, providing them with eyeglasses, offering prayer, and building bridges uh, to the local ministry partner. As Gilbert would say, we have the eye screening so that we can get people to come and hear about Jesus and experience the love of Jesus through his people. We wanted people to feel loved and cared for when they came through the eye screening. The small things made a difference, like using, calling them by their names rather than by numbers, by talking to them when they were waiting in line and offering them water or a snack. This, uh, uh, can you go back a couple of slides? So this uh, slide has uh, some fun facts. From 2009 to 2019, we had a total of um, over 1,400 volunteers with 45% of them coming from CLC and 55% from um, other volunteers. The next slide. And we saw over 3,200 patients and distributed over 2,800 eyeglasses. We had over 160 optometrists who volunteered and over 130 optometry students who joined us. Next slide. The ice screenings gave us a chance to serve together as a church, and we made an impact in West Oakland and in Richmond. We served the world together, 
and we will continue to look for similar opportunities, whether we're here at SDA or at Mountain Boulevard. Thanks. Well, good morning. Um, today is a special occasion, a momentous day in our church's 100-year history. Today will be our final service here at SDA, which we've been meeting for over almost 28 years. And it was 28 years ago that we moved here, and we, as a church family, worshipped in this building. Uh, many of you were born into this building, and so this is the only experience you know but soon, as you understand, we are moving to a new location through the gracious provision of our Lord Jesus Christ. And today, we will finally celebrate our last Lord's Table communion together here in a few minutes. And this is a special moment. As you heard the sharing previously by the connoisseurs and by Sylvia and by Tiffany and Gordon, there are many memories we have over these 28 years. And for this day, before coming up, because I'm going to ask you to come up to pick up one of the communion cups and, and take it back to your, your seat and, and take the elements at your own uh, pleasure and timing. But before that, if you could think about a memory that you had in the last 28 years here at SDA. So maybe it was those airplane contests where we threw airplanes off the balcony, or maybe it's the butter mochi and hospitality. Maybe it's a particular sermon. Maybe there's a particular verse or word that comes to mind. And if you can, go ahead and come up here and write it on one of these cards and put it at the feet of the cross in this basket. And in that way, we can uh, honor God, honor our memories here at SDA, and just be uh, reflective of how gracious our Lord has been to us. For me, my memory is being a pastor and being also as a dad, being able to baptize my children right up there um, those many years ago. So that's one of my favorite memories in this particular building. A little bit more about this cross. This is a special cross. This is um, the original cross at Board Street, Berkeley. And uh, more about that after I present the elements. Um, Jesus curiously uh, instructs us to remember him in his death. Not in his birth, but in his death. And when he was having a final meal with his disciples in the upper room... Uh, shortly before he was going to be arrested and taken away and to die on a cross for us, uh, he said these words to his, his disciples. Uh, during the meal, he took an opportunity to um, give thanks, and he took the bread, and he broke it. 
And he said, this bread is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then when the meal was over, he later took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. So whenever you drink of it, remember me. So every time we partake of communion, when we declare the Lord's death um, by eating the elements and drinking the juice, we remember what he did on the cross for us until he returns. So today, may you come up with uh, gratitude for what Jesus did on the cross, that we may be reconciled back into his family. And maybe if you can, write a memory, write a verse, write uh, something that comes to mind that, that you appreciate being here at SDA. So let me pray for us as we prepare for communion. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your Son, the greatest gift that you have given to us, that our sins may be washed away and that we may be worthy to come to you into your family. Um, you are a loving God. You have provided for us over a 100 years. And so we continue to look forward to uh, the amazing fruit that will be born uh, through this particular church. So we thank you, Lord. May each person come up and be blessed by their experience here at your table. So we thank you in the most precious name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So you may come up and pick up one of the communion cups, return to your seats, and, and take communion in your place. But before that, if you can, write a memory and drop it in a basket.
Well, today is the last day at SDA, and uh, for some of us, this is could be a happy day, but it also could be a sad day, too. Uh, there are many memories uh, in this building. Um, many of your children were dedicated here. Some of you were baptized here. Some met your spouses. Uh, so many relationships were built here. And so God... Uh, always wants to make us uncomfortable. And that's one of the values that we have as a church is always to prepare, to be prepared to move wherever God uh, calls us to move to. And uh, today is a day that we are asked to move. And so obediently we will do that. And God has provided us a new place at 7900 Mountain Boulevard. And next week... If everything goes well, we'll be uh, worshiping in a new place. Um, we'll ask for your grace and and because uh, it won't be perfect, but we're not perfect people either. So it'll be a good place for us to worship together. So this cross, as I said, was brought here back in 1994. It's the original cross that uh, was at Ward Street. Uh, in Berkeley, we brought it here to Seven Day Adventist Church here on Grand Avenue. At one time, we used to mount this on the back wall up there, um, but the host church didn't like that, so we had to take it down. <laughs> so, um, but we brought it out for memory's sake and uh, kind of a little preview of our next sermon series, which is we're going to call "Desperately Seeking Jesus." There are things and times where we are desperate. And one of the times I was desperate was looking for this cross. Because <laughs> it got lost somewhere in this building. And uh, when we were purging to move, I found it in, a, in Asher's closet, piled uh, up with a bunch of lumber was piled, piled on top of this. And so in many ways, it was very apropos that a cross which is a unique symbol that as Christians we take as our as our flag, so to speak. When we go into battle, we bring a cross. Other people bring a flag, but we bring a cross. But it's actually um, like using an electric chair as your symbol because <laughs> this is uh, capital punishment back in the day. But we use it as a cross. And so today, I want to read to you, um, when I found this, I posted it on social media, and Pastor Wayne Okamachi, who uh, led us from Ward Street to here, and was a pastor here for 17 years, he wrote me these words, and I just want to read them to you, and maybe um, bless you through that, those, those words he gave me. So glad you found that cross and are taking it with you to the new location. Near the end of our final Sunday morning worship service at Ward Street, Berkeley, in September of 1994, I had Jimmy Coyde, one of our Nisei pillars, bring that cross to the front of the stage. As he and I stood beside it, I said, much is changing as we move to Grand Avenue SDA next week. But here's what's unchanging. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And to remind us, we'll bring this cross with us to display at our new location. I wish CLC well as you make the move. May the Lord bless you and bear much fruit there. Jesus, lead on. 
So those are words that Pastor Wayne remembered him saying back in 1994 from the move from Berkeley to Oakland here to SDA. So I want to say and have you remember those same words as we take this cross from this location to 7900 uh, Mountain Boulevard. We're still in Oakland, but we follow where Jesus leads. And that is his blessing to us. And that's a reminder of who we follow. So instead of having one of our elders bring this cross down the aisle to take it out of the sanctuary, um, something that we are committed to as a church is always mentoring and growing the next generation. So we'd like to have some of the youth come and pick up this cross. I think some of you have been asked to do that. So can you come forward now? So as the cross is leaving, it is still will be with us forever. Um, so may we, um, may I pray for us just for this special moment. Father God, we honor you by uh, remembering you this day. We remember your son Jesus who died on a cross. And we use a cross as a reminder every day, every Sunday for sure, to remind us of what your son did on, on that uh, day at Calvary. So as the particular cross we took from Ward Street, uh, now we take from SDA, we will plant it in the new location you want for us to use as your home base to reach others for Christ. So may each person here uh, be inspired by encouraged, uh, motivated to um, hear your voice uh, and to continue to see the cross as a blessing and as an act of grace for each one of us here. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, we're going to continue to end our final service um, in the best way I think we know how is to worship the Lord. And uh, I want to invite you to stand if you're able. And we're going to be singing the song that we started um, this kind of series with. It's called Jesus at the Center. Uh, as we move forward in remembrance, in obedience, in encouragement, and in worship to our new place that God is leading us to, we want to remember that He is at the center of everything, that we are His church and we follow where He goes.
church moving forward, that Jesus would be the center of our church. Jesus 
Good morning, everyone. I have the honor of doing the uh, final benediction at this SDA building. Um, and also, also just say a couple words as we uh, start a new chapter. So I, I loved what people shared earlier today. And, and one of the things I don't know if you picked up on is that everything that people shared was not tied to this building, right? It was tied to the work that God was doing because of our mission statement as a church. Uh, and that does not change as we go from this place to the next place and wherever it is that God leads us. So um, I, I do want to just encourage us to remember that, yes, though the space changes uh, and the physical building changes, God's church, his body, his family does not change. And we get to uh, rely on God, who is ultimately our, our unchanging foundation. And so as we go from this place, um, I want to just give a quick preface to this uh, benediction. Uh, so this comes from Isaiah 43, and it is the word of God through Isaiah to the Israelites in captivity in Babylon. And um, it starts with saying to not remember the former things, which is a little bit of a, a change from normal. God, early in the chapter, says, hey, look, look at all the things that I have been faithful to you in and see how great and, and faithful and um, I am faithful to keep my promises. But then he changes gears really quickly and says, well, actually, don't remember the former things. And one of the things that uh, I like about this is it says, like, don't don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the ways that God has um, already, you know, moved here and think that it's over. God's not going to keep moving. But instead, he encourages them to, to look ahead. So um, as we go from this place, this is Isaiah 43, uh, 18 and 19. And again, this is God speaking through Isaiah. He says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness uh, and the rivers in the desert. Um, and, I, and I just want that to be an encouragement to us as we go forth, just to know that God, uh, just behold, God is doing new things. We are starting a new chapter as a church. Um, let us keep our eyes on him. Let us keep him at the center. And as we go forth from this place, let us continue to live out the mission statement of CLC to love God, love people. <clears throat> love people and to serve the world. Um, and so with that, um, just I want to bless you on your way. Uh, and there are refreshments next door. So last chance to get refreshments over in the fellowship hall here. There will likely be refreshments in the new space in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, con- uh, just continue to uh, encourage one another uh, and just uh, be part of God's family here uh, and fellowship with one another. So I'll see you guys next week, same time, not the same place, Um, praying that everything goes smoothly, and we'll be at 7900 Mountain Boulevard next week, so see you all there.
Nice job, guys. That was final fun. service. Final song. Ooh.